When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. What is going on, guys? Sunday night edition of the wrap-up show presented by Eric Lanier at Higher Impact Financial. What a Friday night at Viejas Arena. Here to talk about that. And look ahead to this showdown that could determine the Mountain West Championship Tuesday night in Logan coming up for San Diego State and so much more as well. The bracket reveal on CBS from the selection committee one month out where San Diego State is as well positioned as you could possibly ask for um, at this point in the season. Um, receiving a four seed from the uh, selection committee in that bracket reveal. Now we know there's still time, obviously. Things change based on results coming up, not just for San Diego State, but for the rest of the Mountain West and around the nation as well. But a really good weekend. I mean, better than good. (laughs) Kicking off Friday night, obviously, for San Diego State. So as you make your way in, if you wouldn't mind subscribing, I have year-round content for you, whether you're here live or on replay, year-round content for Aztec fans. You can smash the like button for me if you wouldn't mind. Follow me on Twitter at John Schaefer and um, appreciate the super chats. Click the dollar sign below the chat box if you want to contribute and support. I'll get to every single super chat here tonight, even without the super chats. If you guys just want to comment in the chat, I'll do my best to get to as many chats as I can coming up at some point in the next uh, 10 or 15 minutes after kind of going through uh, where we are right now in the season and after uh, wrapping up that Friday night win over New Mexico. If you want to become a member, you get uh, emojis, badges, support the channel. You can do that as well by clicking uh, the join button down below. All right, where to begin? I mean, I think we begin with one of the great atmospheres at Viejas Arena. And I asked it on social media, like, where does Friday night rank for you? Um, and for a lot of people, it's a top two, three, four atmosphere in the history of the building, which is saying a lot, considering some of the games and moments and teams and players that we've witnessed over the years at Viejas Arena. But it was special. I, I thought the blackout was terrific. I thought the way the team responded was terrific. I thought the crowd um, was unbelievable. I really did. I, I've said it a lot this year. I'm like, man, that's the best crowd of the year. And I've probably said it like three consecutive games at this point, but this was the best crowd of the year for me. And it goes well beyond that, obviously. It goes to you know the way that San Diego State handled the adversity of having lost to New Mexico earlier in the year by 18 points and having lost a year ago at Viejas to New Mexico, the last team to win at Viejas Arena other than San Diego State. And you know, kind of dealing with Jalen House's antics. And I want to be fair here because I actually think Jalen House is a really good player. And I think most people agree with that. 
but he does everything in his power to get underneath an opponent's skin and he relishes the villain role he's kind of that man in the arena um he loves all eyes on him and i thought san diego state did a good job to stay out of the fray so to speak with house like house got going early house had a good game but um i don't think san diego state took the bait and house also didn't elevate his teammates not saying it was his fault but his teammates didn't play to his level on friday night and san diego state um played really good basketball um for better part of 40 minutes and also credit to the aztecs new mexico made a couple of runs there in the second half i thought the critical play in the game i didn't even talk about it a lot on the radio post game and if by the way if you missed my conversation post game on the radio with elijah saunders and i was just looking actually at the listenership because i have like the analytics at iHeartRadio, and there's been a ton of listenership to the wrap-up show on the radio from friday night um my conversation with elijah saunders I, I thought he was absolutely terrific if you haven't heard it i put it in the uh, there's a link in the description down below. So it's towards the top of the description down below. If you click it, you'll see something for the Catapult U t-shirt, which goes to the Mesa Foundation Collective, Catapult U. What's going on? Pick this up. If you haven't already, pick it up at the link pinned in the chat or in the description down below. Uh, but if you haven't heard my conversation with Elijah Saunders, I had a really good conversation with Brian Dutcher postgame as well. Click that link in the description. I think you're really going to um, enjoy it but i thought actually that the play of the game and we'll get to saunders i promise you that and we'll get to miles bird and, and most people are thinking oh that must be the play of the game right the alley-oop it was one of the plays of the game i think it was one of the highlights like one of the electrifying highlights of the year but i think the moment of the game that kind of turned the thing back towards san diego state was lamont butler's um steal of jalen house in a three-point game house racing into the front court butler picks his pocket goes the other way and scores i thought butler was terrific defensively had some huge moments offensively as well 11 points in the second half for Lamont but it was a three-point game New Mexico had the ball I mean they're a three-pointer away from tying the game and Butler taking matters into his own hands stretched it back out to five points and San Diego State wouldn't look back at that point um and it felt like the Aztecs for much of the game were gonna you know easily win the game I say easily you know they're gonna keep New Mexico at bay you know win the game by 10 to 20 points in the end they won by 11 points but it could have been different i mean it absolutely could have been different new mexico did threaten and challenge and if not for a player two or three maybe new mexico's in that game late but i thought the lamont butler pick of house and finish was huge and then i thought just the run i mean the, the elijah saunders threes and the one-handed alley-oop from his sophomore teammate miles bird were incredible i mean for saunders it was a personal 8-0 run and for san diego state it kind of put the game on ice. And I felt so good for Elijah because he spoke about it post game and you can hear it um, by clicking that link in the description down below. He spoke about it. I mean, it's obviously been somewhat of a struggle and a challenge as most college basketball players are going to deal with. And he's really turned his season around in February. I thought he played really well early. He talked about some of the challenges that he was going through in January and he's starting to really, really um, play freely. He talked about the fact that he's just kind of calmed down it's kind of slowing down maybe i'm saying that for him but everything is kind of just calmed for him and he's kind of relishing that role off the bench right now he's making the most of it and that's happened a couple of times here in the month of february but you know elijah was terrific obviously Jaden's Jaden. you know they tried to single him which is hard to do and he took advantage you know and richard patino talked about a post game he compared Jaden ladie to zach Eady. that is the ultimate compliment in all likelihood Eady will be the consensus national player of the year the naismith award winner and that's who richard patino compared Jaden ladie to after the game um, but this was not some one-man show this wasn't ladie this wasn't just saunders or butler 
Dutch saying post game that in the locker room, I think Dave Velasquez had said to the team, this was a true effort from everyone that played. Like everyone made a contribution and a difference on Friday night for SDSU. And it really did feel like that. If you watch the game, it felt like everyone, Miles Heidi, um, had a really good handful of minutes for the Aztecs, including a nice job to catch a ball off a great feed from Miles Bird for his only points of the game. I think his only field goal attempt potentially of the game as well. But, you know, again, the bench played well. Jay Powell um, has just had some huge moments, obviously, for this team. And um, it's just everyone. I mean, look at the box score. Everyone contributed in a meaningful way for San Diego State. That's how you beat good teams. And the question now becomes, can they parlay it into a road win against a really good team. And the Aztecs have road wins. Um, they're still looking for that marquee road win in the league. They have a marquee road win. It's at Gonzaga out of the league. And Tuesday could be as tough as all of them. Um, Logan, Utah State, they're looking to avenge a loss here at Viejas earlier this year, just a couple of weeks ago. Um, both teams need it. Both teams are tied atop the Mountain West standings. You could Certainly make the case that the winner of the game has an inside track to win at least a share of the Mountain West regular season title. It will not guarantee either team either a share or an outright. That I know. Both teams still have at least a challenge remaining. You look at the Utah State schedule. After SDSU, um, it does lighten up. They do get New Mexico at home to finish. I think they go 3-0 and after SDSU into New Mexico. So that's why it's such a big game. I think if you lose it, you have to then run the table and hope Utah State gets knocked off at home by New Mexico. But that is, you know, not having things in your own hands, right? And not controlling your own destiny. So you win the game. And again, it doesn't clinch anything. And you still have to go to Vegas, still have to go to Fresno, which can be tricky. Uh, Aztecs play a lot, a lot of close games in Fresno over the years. Um, you still have Boise at home on senior night, but but you win it and you can you can kind of see the finish line. Uh, you can see the pot at the end of the rainbow. So to speak, and you can envision San Diego State getting a share, if not more. Um, will it be easy? No. Um, I don't know what the point spread is going to be. I wouldn't be surprised if Utah State was favored in this game, despite you know San Diego State's metrics and where they'll be in the AP poll come Monday. And they will be in the AP poll Monday, not that it matters. Um, but Utah State um, at home is one of the elite teams in the country. I think they've been beaten one time this year. Was it Nevada that got them a week or two weeks ago? So it's not easy. Um, and San Diego State will need to be at its best. They'll need to play like they did on Friday night against New Mexico to have a realistic shot of getting there um, and getting a win at Utah State. Now, if you can win that game, then you can kind of maintain your status potentially on that four-seed line in the selection committee's eyes. Not to say that if you lose that game, where, again, metrically speaking, San Diego State might actually be an underdog and also, you know, Vegas line speaking could be an underdog. But um, – you kind of want to preserve or protect where you are in the selection committee's eyes. Not that it comes down to one Utah State game. It's not going to. And there'll be opportunities on the other side because you still have, again, UNLV, which would be a good road win. At worst, a quad two road win. Likely, actually, a quad two road win. And then you'll have a quad two home opportunity against Boise State. But this is the fourth consecutive quad one game for San Diego State. And they've taken advantage. They've won consecutive quad one games. They're not getting another quad one game, potentially, until the Mountain West tournament, and there's no guarantee they get a quad one game in the Mountain West tournament, depending on how many games they play, you know who they, you know who they advance through. Um, so this is an opportunity, one of the the last remaining great opportunities on the schedule for San Diego State to continue make making inroads in the selection committee's eyes. But I think San Diego State's resume obviously um, is very well established. Aztecs have put themselves in great position, and now it's about finishing off the season. And 
winning either a regular season title or a tournament title or both and locking down the best seed that is possible for SDSU here in um, in 2024. Now, the significance, you know, there's two sides to this coin, and I want to go here for a minute. This, this selection committee reveal that we saw on, was it Saturday afternoon or Saturday morning, that had SDSU as the second, fourth seed. Does that make sense? The the 14th team overall in the 16th team reveal, the second four seed is where they were seeded on Saturday. And again, everything changes based on results from now until Selection Sunday, which is four weeks from tonight or four weeks from today. But the significance of a four seed should not be understated because top four seeds are quote unquote protected. And what that protection looks like is you're not going to be put... I think some people look at it this way. Typically, they think being protected means you're going to stay in your um, you know, geographical area of the country. That's not always the case. But what it does protect against is playing a team in the first round and the team you're playing as a lower seed being within 75 miles of that site. For example, um, I heard something on a podcast, not that this would ever happen. It'd be like if Duke was a four seed, I'm completely making this up. They could technically play like in Spokane. You say, well, what do you mean Spokane? It's 3,000 miles away. That's not protected. Well, they could do it. They just couldn't play a school within 75 miles of Spokane. They couldn't play Eastern Washington. They couldn't play Gonzaga. If Gonzaga was a 13 and Duke was a 4. If Eastern Washington was a 13 and Duke was a 4. But I think to further the point, I think you've got a much better chance of staying home, so to speak. Staying home this year means playing a first-round game either in Salt Lake City or Spokane. Again, it doesn't guarantee that if you're a top-four seed in the West, but I think it makes it very likely. Not a guarantee, but very likely. But here's the thing. That's only under the assumption that San Diego State secures a four-seed or better. Once they become a five-seed or worse, all bets are off. Look at last year. Aztecs opened in Orlando and then went through Louisville. So... That's the significance. Now, I would also argue this. Yes, it's significant, but I'd still take opponent over location if that makes sense. So, and seed. So, if you're a four seed, but the 13 is a matchup nightmare for you, I'd prefer the five and get shipped out and play a 12 that is a more favorable advantage in a matchup. And I think we saw that play out last year. I think Charleston was a better matchup potentially than other 12s or 13s for San Diego State in the NCAA tournament. Um, and then, of course, they got the benefit of Virginia losing and then, you know, beat Furman soundly and the rest is kind of history. So my point is, it's not the end all be all seating and location is not the end all be all. I think it's valuable. I think it matters. I think it can be advantageous, but I don't think it is the end all be all necessarily for San Diego State. So, you know, I'm not losing sleep yet, man. Are they going to be a four? You want to be a four. But. Again, even if you lose in Logan, can you get it back by running the table in the regular season or having success in the Mountain West tournament? Like, I, I don't think that one seed is on the line by losing one game, right? So I don't think they have to be perfect, I guess is my point, to still secure a four seed. And, of course, some of those things are outside of your control. There's going to be other teams in the country that have tougher schedules still ahead. So theoretically, San Diego State could be passed by other teams in other leagues or teams in front of San Diego state could struggle and fall back. And that would be the Aztecs advantage. So there's so much, there's so much still to play out. And I've said that each and every week since November. And I still feel like that right now in February. Now at some point I'll, sh I'll shift my thinking there. I think we'll get into the mountain West tournament and I'm not going to say there's still so much to be determined. I'll say there's still 
potentially a seed line on the line for San Diego State heading into the Mountain West Tournament. But the selection committee come the Thursday and Friday of Selection Sunday, a lot of their decisions have already been made. So it's not like San Diego State's moving up two seed lines based on winning a Mountain West semifinal game or going down two seed lines by losing a Mountain West semifinal game. It's it's not that intricate, the system. But again, there's still a long way between now and getting to the Mountain West tournament, right? San Diego State could go 5-0. and oh, They could go 2-3. and three. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Coriant has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Coriant has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Coriant's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early, so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. They could go 4-1 and one or 3-2, and two, like all of that. Is going to matter. Um, all right. I see a couple of super chats have already rolled in. I'm going to get to the super chats. I'll get back to some of this conversation. We'll look ahead to Utah State, the biggest game of the year. We've said that every game this year because San Diego State continues to stack chips on the table. And every time they play, they've basically enhanced their resume and they keep moving towards the top of the table in the Mountain West, which is where they are. In fact, real quick, before I get to the super chats, guys, and thank you for being here, please subscribe if you're here. Maybe it's your first time here. If you wouldn't mind supporting the channel, letting other people know about the channel, posting about it, word of mouth, whatever it is. I've only been doing this for about a half a year, maybe a little longer than that. Really would appreciate it if you subscribe to the channel. Um, please smash the like button for me. You can find me on social media uh, at John Schaefer. And again, appreciate the super chats. Click the dollar sign below the chat box. I'll get to every single one of them. Great way to support my work. And you can become a member by clicking join down below as well. I don't know how visible this is on screen, depending on maybe what screen you're watching on. But here are the updated Mountain West standings, and it's still incredibly bunched up. I mean, everyone wants to win the league, and everyone here that's a San Diego State fan wants to see the Aztecs win the league. Truth be told, one through – do I have this right? One through seven are separated by one game in the loss column. All seven of those teams want a first-round bye. 
that to me is almost as important as a regular season title. Not as important. You want to win the regular season title. But man, just securing a top five spot means you're not playing on Wednesday. Two of these teams with five losses or fewer, I'm talking about UNLV, Nevada, New Mexico, Colorado State, Boise State, Utah State, San Diego State. Two of those seven teams are playing on Wednesday. And it's hard to imagine someone winning four games in four days in Vegas. It'll be hard enough to win three and three. Someone's going to do it. it. Won't be easy. Four and four is almost impossible to envision. And again, not one of these seven teams, which would be a one in seven chance, two of these seven teams. Like there's basically a 30% chance um, of those seven teams that you're playing on Wednesday. Now, I think San Diego State and Utah State have the better um, chances of avoiding that because they've got four losses, um, Boise State as well. But Colorado State, New Mexico, Nevada, UNLV sitting on five losses. Um, one of those teams, if not two of those teams, are in danger of playing on Wednesday. One of those teams playing on Wednesday could eventually advance to the NCAA tournament as well because you've got six projected teams as of right now to potentially make the NCAA tournament. So it's fascinating. It's thrilling. It's as good of a year as the Mountain West has had maybe in its history in men's basketball, and uh, we're here for it. And it's going to be a really exciting final four weeks of the regular season and into the Mountain West tournament. All right, let me get to uh, the first Super of the Night. T-Mac, you're the man. Thank you, man. For your support of my work and the channel, he says the San Diego State bench compared to New Mexico is a huge difference. Elijah Saunders showed growth and maturity. Loved Butler picking House's pocket. San Diego State's bench in general has really come a long way. This was like the big talking point the first month of the season. Starters playing 35 minutes, um, you know, players off the bench playing you know, single-digit minutes, and it's completely changed. You basically have seven starters right now. You had Reese Waters coming off the bench on Friday night. Because of the size of New Mexico, he responds by going three or four from the floor and scoring eight points. You have Jay Powell, who started on Friday, but has been coming off the bench. You have Elijah Saunders, who had that big performance off the bench to T-Max point. You have Miles Heidi playing important minutes. And you have Miles Bird, who I think is the only player in San Diego State history since going back to at least 1996 to have six assists and four blocks in the same game. And he did that Friday against New Mexico. So he's really come into his own and Dutch has talked about he actually talked about it with me on Friday night that you know sophomores in the second half of their second year like Miles Bird and Elijah Saunders really kind of come into their own and that's what they're experiencing right now um and it's been great to see um it really has I mean the way Bird has been playing with his energy the way Saunders is playing um his mentality his focus off the bench um you really love to see it if you're a San Diego State fan but yeah the, the bench is a difference maker remember a year ago we talked repeatedly, obsessively, about San Diego State's depth. I thought it was the best bench slash depth slash nine-man rotation in America. Um, and I still feel that way about last year's team. You had nine starters. I mean, you had Jaden Ledee coming off the bench. He's going to be an All-American this year. How many teams had an All-American coming off the bench a year ago? Um, just the entire roster in general. But you had Aguacaro, who, you know, Jay Powell is filling some of that role, but you had a fifth-year player in the system coming off your bench, Nick Wickerope, who's plus-minus. Last year was always plus 10 every single time he was on the floor. You had a deadly three-point shooter in Adam Seiko um, coming off the bench a year ago. Who, who am I missing that was also coming off the – was Micah coming off the bench last year? You had Micah Parrish coming off the bench last year. So it was just um, as good of a bench as you can imagine. This is different. I don't think it's the same experience coming off the bench because you got some younger players like Bird and Heidi – or even Powell, who's in his first year um, with San Diego State. But you got some guys that have really come along that are playing really good basketball. And I think San Diego State is deeper now than they have been at any point 
this year. And we just weren't saying it in November, December. And now it's not even like a talking point. Everyone realizes that the Aztecs are going to play nine every single game. And they do have depth and they don't need to play anyone, you know, 37, 38, 39 minutes. And that includes, by the way, Jaden Ledeen. So thank you, T-Mac. Thank you, Art, for your super chat as well. He says, John, you will always be loved by Aztec fans after speaking up to certain fake journalists about the expanded conference schedule. Um, Art, first of all, I appreciate the super chat. I mean, anything that I post, by the way, on social media, maybe some of you have followed this story. If you follow me on social media, maybe some of you haven't. This isn't, this is with all due respect. I, I, I'm not, this isn't about um, me not having respect for other people that cover the league and cover other schools in the league. I would just say this, what has become a significant talking point in Mountain West league circles with fans is um, whether the Mountain West is going to expand the conference schedule from 18 games to 20 games next year or not. Are they going to leave it at 18 games, which it is right now, which means it's unbalanced because there are 10 other teams. You're not playing everyone home and road. You're playing everyone home but one, everyone road but one. What that means for San Diego State this year is they're not facing Air Force at home and they're not traveling to Wyoming. So typically for San Diego State, San Diego State, from a sheer balance perspective, has not been the beneficiary of this to win a regular season title. Oftentimes, the two games that San Diego State isn't playing in a given year are against two of the bottom, let's say, four teams in the standings at the end of the season. Why? Because television plays a role in this, and television wants to see San Diego State play the best teams in the league, not the teams in the lower half of the league. Now, they don't always predict it perfectly, and there's years that San Diego State could miss a very good team. But by and large, San Diego State is missing teams at the bottom of the table. The reason San Diego State specifically doesn't complain, you guys follow the program, and the reason you're not going to hear me complain is that by not playing the bottom of the league, you are benefiting your metrics. Because by playing two games right now against teams that are 200 in the net or below, which is what San Diego State would be doing by playing Air Force in Wyoming this year, um, that would be two additional quad four games, maybe a quad three at Wyoming, but someone would have to look it up. So there's that. I think it's an advantage not to be weighed down by the metrics, not to take on the risk. Now, the opposite side of that is you don't have the potential benefit of winning two games against teams that are in the lower division, so to speak, of the Mountain West. But I think it's a fair trade-off if you're San Diego State. But here's the significant point. Here's the significant point. First of all, you've had 18 league games for how long? The last decade? And each of the last two years, you've had four teams make the NCAA tournament. And this year, you're going to have four teams or more. I think in all likelihood, you're going to have five teams or more. Not Still to be determined, but there's a very good path to five teams in the NCAA tournament. What this conference schedule is working. Why is it working? Because teams have more flexibility in the non-conference. When teams schedule the non-conference, that puts themselves in position to build net large resume. And teams, not just San Diego State, have built at large resumes over the last three years, including this year. Why would you change anything considering the success that the league is having here over the last handful of years, including a team getting to a national championship game? Um, because it's most fair, well, guess what? Let's take the top 10 leagues in the country right now, the Power Six, Mountain West, name three others. Of those 10, how many are balanced? Let me answer that for you. I think it's one, the Big East, which also is 11 schools. They play 10 home, 10 road. But the Big East traditionally has more depth than the Mountain West, right? One through eight are tournament caliber, where even an amazing year, like this year for the Mountain West, you're looking at more like one through six, that are tournament caliber, which is incredible in itself. 
Now there is, you know, there is currently some dead weight in the Big East, so to speak, with DePaul and Georgetown. But Georgetown perennially, you know, has been a Final Four contender over the last fifty years. DePaul's been down, obviously. But my point is, not everyone's playing a balanced schedule because that's just how college basketball works. I'd much prefer a chance to build a non-conference resume than play two more conference games. And it's not as simple as saying, well, hold on. And this was my point on social media this week. Well, hold on. San Diego State played Point Loma and St. Catharines. Why not just take those two games off the board and play Air Force and Wyoming? It's not that simple. First of all, St. Catharines and Point Loma were at home. If you played an additional home game and a road game in the Mountain West, you've now lost a home game. San Diego State is essentially required to play a certain number of home games for a season ticket base, right? So they're not going to play fewer home games just because they're playing one additional Mountain West game. If they're not playing fewer home games, how do they make up and how do they add that game? What they'll do is they'll replace a home and home with someone like BYU or Gonzaga or Stanford with a guarantee. And that impacts their non-conference strength of schedule. Because if you're not playing Gonzaga and you're quote unquote buying a game against someone that's 200 or below in the net, because you need a home game, you may very well win the game, but you're not getting the resume benefit of potentially winning a game like they did this year against Gonzaga. It's getting in the weeds. It's particular. It's really good for YouTube. It's probably not as good for radio, that conversation that I just had. That's my 30,000-foot view on why I'd keep it at 18. A, it's not broken. B, I want to see San Diego State have opportunities to schedule in the non-conference. C, I'm doing everything in my power from a league perspective to benefit the top of the league. I want teams in my league to have chances to get into the NCAA tournament and make runs. I'm not trying to do something that benefits. I understand it. I'm not trying to do something that hurts the rest of the league. But why would you do something that hurts the top of the league for the betterment of the bottom of the league? That that doesn't make any sense. This league is playing like a power six league right now. Don't weigh it down for unnecessary reasons. Thank you, Art, for the super chat, for allowing me to have that conversation. I wouldn't have done it otherwise. So thank you. I hope that made sense. I hope that had value for people that are here tonight. Uh, Kevin, appreciate you, man. He says, um, if the Aztecs can shoot above 50%, they will be unstoppable when mixed with their defense. Also, side note, the NCAA flop rule is broken. Okay, there's a lot to get into there. Um, let me just look at Ken Palm real quickly because San Diego State is currently seventh in defensive efficiency, which is absolutely bonkers considering last year with – you know, Nathan and AG and, you know, all of their abilities defensively. I think they finished fourth and they're seventh right now, which is incredible. Offensively, they were 74th, I want to say, at the end of last year. Um, they've improved significantly. They're 51st right now. They've probably been as high as about 30, but they've dipped back a little bit to 51. But the defense has only improved here uh, throughout conference play to now top 10 in the country at seventh overall. Now, to your point, they shot 57% against New Mexico. They do that. You can't beat them. Um, and with their defense, to your point, I mean, that's a 99.9% chance of winning. Um, the flop rule is hard to officiate. Flopping is tough. Um, block charge is tough. They've changed that rule here in 2023, 24, but you get the point. It's still a challenge, but the flop stuff, I mean, the way, you know, some guys take advantage of it to your point, Kevin, it makes it challenging. It does. I mean, it's, it's hard to officiate that type of basketball is what I would say. It's just, it is. I don't even know what the rule technically is, but you're probably right. It doesn't need to be looked at and analyzed. Probably. That's probably accurate. But, you know, there's subjectivity in basketball. It's not as black and white as we like it to potentially be. And um, that's one of the tough things. I mean, they've tried to clean up block charge, and they have to some extent. Can they clean up flopping? Maybe. 
And do they need to do a better job with it? Probably. To your point, Kevin, probably to your uh, to your point. Um, okay, appreciate you guys. I'm going to get back to the chat in a moment. I do want to remind our viewers about my friend here, Eric Lanier at Higher Impact Financial. If you have any financial planning needs, if you wouldn't mind setting up a free 15-minute consultation with Eric Lanier at Higher Impact Financial, I'd really appreciate it. You can click the link in the description down below. Eric is based in Southern California, big Aztec supporter, and I've been working with Eric, myself, my wife, our family on our re retirement goals, our financial needs, our planning for the future, um, our taxes. Um, if you're kind of a novice when it comes to financial planning, I am self-admittedly a novice when it comes to financial planning. I've been talking to Eric over the last couple of weeks, had a 15-minute call with him, then set, uh, set up a 60-minute call with him, and he has really made this process a lot more simple than I thought it ever was going to be. So whatever your financial needs are, um, whether you're looking for something in the short term, medium term, or long term, maybe you're looking for some retirement goals, maybe you're looking for someone to help you um, in terms of your taxes, please get in contact with Eric Lanier. Again, at Higher Impact Financial by clicking the link in the description down below. Eric, I appreciate your support of the wrap-up show. Um, all right, let me look at some of the uh, comments that have rolled in here tonight in the chat. Probably have about another 30 minutes so I'll be with you until 1030 if you're here live on the Sunday night. If you're here on replay, if you wouldn't mind subscribing, if you're here on replay, thank you for these super thanks as well. Do appreciate that. Again, I mentioned, by the way, if you want to support San Diego State's NIL efforts through the Mesa Foundation, the link is pinned at the top of the chat. The Catapult U t-shirt that I partnered with Sons of Montezuma on, pretty cool. Seen a number of them over the last week or so at Vieja. So if you want to support the Mesa Foundation Collective, San Diego State men's and women's basketball players, make sure to pick up that T-shirt by clicking the link in the description down below. Uh, people are pumped. I mean, you should be. You, you really should be based on the way this team is playing right now. It's deja vu all over again. San Diego State playing its best basketball late in the season under Brian Dutcher. It's incredible. Um, seven consecutive 20-win seasons under Dutch to begin his head coaching career. Isn't that amazing? But this is every year in February. This is every year heading into the Mountain West Tournament. This is how they play. Now, the only difference here is the league is as good as it has been over the last seven years. So we'll see if the Aztecs can finish this off. There will, there will be headwinds. This isn't easy. Um, this will be a challenge. But is San Diego State up for the challenge? I mean, yeah. We've been watching. Look at the way they played this past week. You beat Colorado State and New Mexico at home in one week, and you've done yourself some real, real favors. We'll see if they can, you know, take the take this to the road and have the same amount of success. Uh, Brian saying, "Love the Berta Saunders alley oop and the thumbnail." Yeah, I completely lost my, you know, crap after that play. It was incredible. I think Elijah told me post game he had never had a one handed alley oop dunk ever, practice anywhere, and he had a one handed alley oop dunk in front of 12,000 plus on a blackout night against New Mexico. How about that? That's pretty special. Uh, Maria, how are you? What a game. You're not kidding. Sarah, LFG, SDSU. Uh, Maria was there. What a game and what a crowd. That place was electric. It was so cool. I mean, I do my pregame outside and then I kind of hurry in because the pregame ends like seven minutes before tip and I hurry in. So I'm walking down the seating pole right after the national anthem and it's, um, what is it? It's um, it's it's just a great feeling to see it. I mean, it's an intimidating environment for an opponent to see the crowd like that, the, the darkened Viejas Arena with everyone wearing black or like dark red and the building just completely filled and with all that energy. Uh, you just know that to like to win in that environment takes basically the perfect game like what New Mexico did last year. 
They played basically a perfect game. Aguka Rope didn't play. Nathan Mensah fouled out with eight and a half minutes to play. Jalen House, to his credit, went off. So, you know, give New Mexico credit. They played a perfect game. Well, they didn't play a perfect game this past week, and that's why it's hard to win there. If, if you don't play near flawless basketball in an environment like that against a team as good as San Diego State, as well coached as San Diego State, you just have no shot. And I think I had read um, that every Aztec home game this year, not only have they won, as we know, but all but one has been won by double digits. I think the only single-digit win was the Irvine game without Jaden Ledee. I think I have that correct. Someone correct me if I'm wrong, but I mean, that speaks to the level of dominance that San Diego State is playing with at home. You know, I mean, they're they're riding the nation's longest home winning streak right now at 19 games, 19 consecutive games. So Viejas, as we all know, you know, living out here and those that follow Mountain West basketball know how good of a home court environment San Diego State is and Viejas Arena. It's really playing out um, for everyone to see here in 2024. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Um, yeah, I mean, obviously, as you turn your attention towards Tuesday night, the first game was not a walk in the park, but San Diego State won it convincingly. I think they won by 14 points. But things can look different and a lot different when you take the show from home to the road. I think Great Osibor in that game had one free throw attempt. It came inside of one minute to play. What's the whistle look like on Tuesday night? What type of crew do we have? Is it a veteran crew? Is it equally officiated? By the way, remember coming off Tuesday night, I think I talked about this in the middle of the week it was someone that covers college basketball for a living that like took exception to the the whistle that san diego state gets at home basically saying like nobody gets a whistle like san diego state does at home and i quickly jumped in and said if you think officiating was the reason why san diego state outscored colorado state 41 41 11 the second half then you're not watching the game or you don't know college basketball which I think was fair. And then, oh, by the way, on Friday night against New Mexico, I thought the game was evenly officiated. Why do I say that? Free throw attempts were even in the game. 23 for each. New Mexico had more made free throws at Viejas than San Diego State did. So, yeah, and by the way, San Diego State on the road has also had games like a Tuesday against Colorado State where they've finished minus 10, minus 15, minus 18 free throw attempts in a game. They've also had games where Jaden Ledee has attempted one free throw, two of them on the road this year. So it's... You know, it's not just San Diego State that sometimes gets calls at home. It's New Mexico that gets calls that gets calls at home. It's Boise State. It's Utah State. I'm hoping we see more on Tuesday, like Friday night, where you can look up and say each team attempted 20 free throws. You know, say, oh well, we'll never know because Utah State attempted 29 and San Diego State attempted 14. Oh, very cool, Joey. Joey says, John, I bought a catapult. You sure can't wait for it to show up and wear at Viejas. It'll show up um, relatively quickly because when I pick mine up, I think I probably had it a handful of days later, four or five days later, had it. Um, it's available in gray. It's available in black. Would have been good for the blackout. Hopefully people will have it for the final two home games at Viejas this year and in Vegas for the Mountain West Tournament as well. So awesome, Joey. Appreciate your support of uh, the channel, also of the Mesa Foundation and San Diego State men's and women's basketball players. That is really cool. Uh, Larry Joe, what's going on, my man? Good to see you here. Longtime supporter of uh, the show. Padres wrap-up show, Aztecs wrap-up show, John and Jim, 
Sports Talk Radio in San Diego. So thank you, Larry Joe, who says Tuesday is going to be huge at Utah State. Need this game so bad. Time for the Aztecs to tap into their road warriors mentality and take care of business. Go Aztecs. Yeah, I mean, this will take, you know, I hate to use like cliches, but I'm going to anyway. I mean, it's going to take like the Herculean effort, isn't it? You're talking about like a first place is on the line. You'd prefer to be at home than on the road with first place on the line. Utah State has an incredible atmosphere like Viejas Arena. Place will be amped up. It's a very good building. It's at elevation. It's a tough place to win, and they've been very good. And Danny Sprinkle has done a phenomenal job. He's got a very good team, veteran team that he acquired via the portal, including Greg Asabor from Montana State and his uh, point guard as well, who he brought with him from Montana State, who's a very good dynamic player. Um, they got weapons, and they're not to say they're a different team at home, but they're an elite team at home is what they are. So it's going to take a uh, – again, I don't know if it, – it's not going to take flawless, but it's going to take one of the better efforts of the year for San Diego State to win the game. Are they capable of doing it? Yeah, because of the way they're playing right now. How about this unbelievable stat? By the way, you just reminded me, Kevin, who says it was a shutdown the block party. San Diego State had 14 blocks against, right? New Mexico had 14 blocks at the pit against San Diego State in that first meeting in January, that 88-70 win. New Mexico did not record a block on Friday night of Viejas. How incredible is that? They had 11 and a half, which is like a – New Mexico record, it's probably approaching a Division One record. And they had 14 for a game. They had zero on Friday night. <laughs> you talk about a 180. I mean, that I couldn't believe that. When I heard that, I was already, I was nearly sounding off on the radio. And then I saw that note. I'm like, are you kidding me? I mean, that, that's an amazing, amazing note. Uh, Jeff the Crusher, thank you for saying that. He says the Saunders interview was absolutely amazing. Again, if you missed the wrap-up show on the radio, uh, there's a link that is uh, in the description down below. I thought Elijah was so transparent and honest, honest and candid. Um, he was phenomenal. He was spectacular. I thought he was great on the court. I thought he was terrific off the court. Um, you should give it a listen if you're an Aztec fan because I think it's worth the time. I really do. Um, yeah, from earlier, you know, Larry Joe, thank you. He says, you're right, John. I thought that Butler steal and score ignited our last run and may have broke New Mexico's hope in that game. Yeah, I think so. I mean, again, I don't know what happens if the play doesn't happen, but Again, New Mexico hits a three. You're tied up. Who knows what happens? Game's hanging the balance. It was hanging the balance at a three-point game. So it was just one of those plays that great players make that happen in big moments against really good players. And that, I mean, Lamont Butler, go back and watch the game. His defense was unbelievable. And his offense in the second half was incredible. Um, he's playing some really good basketball. Like Lamont right now is playing some really good basketball at both ends. He's a just a brilliant defender, as good as any on-ball defender, I would argue, in college basketball. And um, he's seasoned. He's been through it. He's improving each and every year. And you're seeing it on display right now. Kevin says it seemed after the Patino technical things were going to fall off the rails for the Lobos, but there was about a five-minute stretch of odd calls. But credit to the Aztecs for not letting that beat them. The Patino technical worked out pretty well, I thought, for – New Mexico, to your point, I think it stretched out to 12 or 13 points. And then all of a sudden they pulled to within three and they were starting to get some calls after the technical. But again, thankfully, San Diego State made plays. Butler, Saunders threes, alley-oop, the turnovers. San Diego State forced 19. Now they had 20, but they forced 19. It's hard. I mean, to beat New Mexico, turning the ball over 20 times by 11 points is unbelievable. And it tells you about the way in which San Diego State played overall. To turn the ball over 20 times and win by 11 mm -hmm. against New Mexico is, is unheard of. It really is. 
Uh, Gustavo says, what a great win. Back-to-back wins against good opponents and great news on Saturday morning, number 14 on the first bracket. Isn't that amazing? Here's the thing. I had a suspicion because of how closely I cover this. And again, I have a bias, obviously, towards San Diego State. But I truly felt as if if you had someone really decipher the resumes, if someone was doing the deep dive, which is the selection committee's literal job. So I thought if the selection committee wanted to uncover where San Diego State should be seated, I thought they should have been a four seed. And to the selections committee credit, I think they got it right. Now, we still don't know what it means a month from now, but there are very few teams in the country that had a non-conference strength of schedule like San Diego State with no losses outside of quad one. And the only quad one losses all on the road and quality wins like that combination is a top 15 resume and they were awarded for it with a top 15 showing at number 14 um, at the bracket reveal on CBS. Steve says Saunders threes were huge to help us pull away from the Lobos followed by that amazing dunk. I mean, they were huge, absolutely huge. He's hit huge shots for this team um, this year. You know, he's been a good three point shooter. He really has. He really has, but he hasn't only been a three point shooter. Um, He's done some damage recently inside and we saw that, on uh, Friday night as well. Um, Ruben, what's going on, man? He says, Lobo fan here. You guys played great Friday night, balanced scoring, hit all your big shots, and played great defense, which affected the Lobo shots. Viejas looked unreal, super fun to play you guys. I think it's a really good series, Ruben, and I appreciate you popping in. I really do, because I, I the shows I do, and, you know, obviously I'm, I'm talking to, by and large, a majority of Aztec fans, and, you know, I respect everyone's opinions because you get people – you, know, you get fans from opposing fan bases that can be critical towards San Diego State. And you have Aztec fans, obviously, that have strong opinions, you know, because San Diego State's obviously had so much success. But I like the, the the camaraderie, to be honest with you. I think the San Diego State-New Mexico series is a really good one. I think it's good for the Mountain West. Um, I think it's good for both programs. Um, and I think the last couple of years have been really fun. Thinking about last year, um, Lamont Butler at the buzzer at the pit to clinch a regular season share. Obviously, credit to New Mexico, what they did here last year, and then this year, a split. So it's been a good series. Um, so I want to be fair. It's been a good series. I think New Mexico right now is a resume that warrants the NCAA tournament. Um, like San Diego State, they need to finish off their season. You know, There are things on the line for all of these programs vying for an at-large spot in the NCAA tournament in the Mountain West. All six of them that are vying have a lot to play for, including New Mexico, including San Diego State. And the other four teams as well. But Ruben, I appreciate you hanging out um, and being with us here on this Sunday night. Um, Art saying good luck, and he thinks you guys can make a run. I, I think a lot of these teams can make a run. Again, it's matchup based. It's um, madness. There's a reason we call it March Madness. Some of it's unpredictable. We saw that play out last year. Nobody predicts what happened between SDSU and FAU in, in Houston, for example. Nobody predicts Creighton, San Diego State in the Elite Eight. Nobody predicts. You know, SDSU, Alabama. I mean, we do, but you know what I mean? Nobody knows how they're going to play out. And they played out incredibly well for San Diego State a year ago. Could that same thing happen for SDSU this year? Absolutely. Could it end up happening for Nevada? Absolutely. Could it happen for New Mexico? You get my point. That's the beauty of this thing. We just don't know what's going to happen. One and done is a different beast than the NBA playoffs. It's just a different, different beast. Uh, Ryan said this. Now, this is an interesting talking point, Ryan. I'm, I'm glad you mentioned it. He says, the committee has showed us respect with their last rankings. I'm not joking. If we went out, we are three seed at worst. This would be interesting to monitor because, to my point, you've got some teams in power conferences that are likely going to automatically sit in those first couple of seed lines, right? Like, no matter what happens with 
you know, Marquette, Tennessee, Purdue, UConn, Houston, like they're not falling. They're only falling so far, right? So my point is there's only so many teams that you can probably pass regardless of what you do from here on out. Now, could you get to a three line? Yeah, I think that, I mean, what does San Diego State right now? 20 and six. So in this hypothetical, which takes an amazing finish and nobody's really predicting and you got to take it one game at a a time. Let's just say they go eight now. Five wins in their last five regular season games. Easier said than done. Three wins in Vegas. Or 28 and six. Metrically, you know, top 12 caliber metrics. Maybe even, I mean, top 10 metrics. Are they going to find their way to a three line? Ryan, to your point, yes. Are they going to find their way to a two line? I'd be surprised because of what I just said. I think there's too much kind of caked in, so to speak, where the Marquettes and the, excuse me, whomever else you know like a, there's just i'd have to look at it i don't have it in front of me but you get my point there's those six seven teams that are gonna be tough to move that i'm not sure if they're gonna be moved off by san diego state because no matter what san diego state does that doesn't stop marquette from going seven and one down the stretch or tennessee from going seven and one down the stretch or kansas from going six and two down the stretch you know what i mean like it's gonna be tough so there's probably six seven eight programs you're not getting by which means you got a thin margin, not an impossibly thin margin, but a thin margin. Is the margin wide enough to get to a three line? Yeah. Is it wide enough to get to a two line? I'd be really surprised. I'd, I'd be really surprised that just being honest, my opinion, I hope I'm wrong. I hope we see them win out and they're a two seed in the West. I mean, that's unbelievable, but I just, I can't forecast it. A team like Arizona, again, one of those teams you can't pass or it's very, very hard to pass. So I just mentioned like seven, eight teams that are going to be very challenging to pass. And I'm not even looking at like Ken Palm, you know, like the Auburns and the Illinois and the Iowa States. It's going to be really, even to get to a three line, Ryan, it's going to be hard. I mean, I'd be the number one advocate of it. If they went out, I'm going to say they should be a three seed. But would I be shocked if they were a four seed, they went out? I think it'd be more likely three than four in that scenario, Ryan. But I'm glad you brought it up. I think it's a good talking point. Uh, J.D. Gaccio says, pardon me, the non-Aztec fan, but if the Mountain West is putting four or five teams in the NCAAs, then what's the issue with 20 league games? You're getting everything you want. Uh, well, here's here's my problem with it, J.D. My problem with it is you can't build non-conference resumes as successfully when you have few opportun- fewer opportunities in the non-conference, if that makes sense. If you take away two non-conference opportunities from every program and then someone slips up, well, you can never enhance those metrics because now all you're doing is playing each other for 20 consecutive games. I just cannot be convinced, as good as the Mountain West has been recently, that playing two games against teams that will ultimately finish 11th, 10th, 9th, and 8th in the league is a good thing for the top of the league from a resume and metrics perspective. I'm not saying it'll ruin everything and the whole league is going to unravel, and all of a sudden it goes from a four-bid league to a one-bid league. But I wouldn't be surprised if on average it went from a four-bid league in the last three years to a three-bid league. And I would use the change in the conference schedule as the reason why. That's what I would say. That's how I feel about it. Um, let's see here. Larry Joe says, I've noticed that recently Reese Waters has had some issues with turnovers, though we need him to shoot the ball more. I don't like when he shoots fadeaways. He needs more mid-range shot attempts. I just love his offensive game, to be honest, um, because I think he's always capable of scoring 18, 20 points on like 10 shots. You know, the, the Gonzaga game, there was a recent game. He was three for three from beyond the arc. I forget where that was. Was that a road game somewhere? 
Um, he's just a dynamic offensive player. Now he's battled an ankle, but he's a dynamic offensive player, really good defender. Uh, I just like his skill set in this game, especially in his only year on the program. Like didn't sit out. Um, I think he's been an amazing addition. I really do. I, I don't think San Diego State's anywhere near this spot without Reese Waters this year, especially the start he got off to this year. He was partially carrying the team along with Jaden Ladee for the first, I don't know, 10 or 15 games of the season. Brian says, uh, Bird plays with a Billy White type of fire. Love seeing it. Makes me want to run through a wall, LOL. Man, he does, man. He is a energizer bunny off the bench. He does everything. He does not play like a guard. His blocks have been incredible. Four in one game? Are you kidding me? Against a team as big and physical as New Mexico? That's unbelievable. That speaks to also the uh, confidence that he's playing with right now. He's playing with some some really yeah, – he's just playing at a very high level right now. Um, T-Max says the non-conference is one of the reasons for San Diego State being seated at four, according to the chairman of the selection committee. There, exactly. Thank you. I didn't watch the show. I just saw it. I saw you know the tweets with where teams were ranked. Um, he said that they challenged themselves. Thank you. Like, like that's it. Like case closed. But, but by the way, I think there's a very good chance the league goes to 20 league games. I think there's a very good chance the Mountain West goes to 20 league games next year. I hope I'm wrong because you're not scheduled. I'm sorry. You're not playing Gonzaga, BYU, um, at GCU, Stanford, Cal, all in the same year. If they go to 20, it's just not happening. It's not. So you got thinner margins and it makes it a lot more challenging to get to a four seed. I think it's a great point, T-Mac. I really don't. Uh, Gustavo says, hi, John. Gustavo from TJ. Why SDSU was on the Midwest bracket and not on the West? I think Auburn will prefer to play in the Southeast or Midwest. A couple of things here. That being protected doesn't mean you'll be in your region. But remember also, there are eight regions in the first and second rounds. But those regions don't match up with east south midwest and west what i mean by that is san diego state could play in a quote-unquote pod in spokane that could be an east pod if they get out of it they'll go to the east regional wherever it is boston maybe this year but they're protected so to speak regionally because they're playing their first two games if they do in fact play two games in the west it's confusing it's been going on for about a decade at this point but they have pods where a game in Spokane could be an East bracket game. It sounds bizarre. Like, what do you mean a game in Spokane is an East bracket game? It's just to prevent teams from traveling across the country because they're in the East region. So I don't get, I'm not fixated at all with a region because region only really matters, like truly matters until maybe you get to a regional, like a Sweet 16. So let, let's get there and then talk. And if San Diego State makes a Sweet 16, I don't care where they're going. You want them in LA, make no mistake. Where they've been in Anaheim twice, but that didn't guarantee him a win, right? I'll travel anywhere for a Sweet 16, and Aztec fans will as well. If like I'd much prefer them getting to a Sweet 16 than having this geographic advantage and being in the right bracket, yada yada yada. So that's a long way of me saying don't overly concern yourself with it. Um, Ruben says if the Aztecs went out, you have a shot at a number two seed and would be a lock for a three seed. Okay, he says lock. I mean, I think you're probably right. On three, but again, let me just read through these teams and tell me if I'm incorrect. I'm looking at Kempom, not Net right now. I could look at Net, but like, let me read through, through these and tell me how many of these teams San Diego State's really passing: Houston, UConn, Purdue, Arizona, Tennessee, Alabama. Okay, they're a bit of a metrics darling. Auburn, you could argue, maybe a little bit of a metrics darling. They've had a great year. Illinois, 
Iowa State has been terrific in the Big 12. North Carolina, Duke, Baylor, Creighton, Marquette. I mean, Kansas is is one spot ahead of San Diego State right now at Ken Palm. I missed one or two. I didn't read them. But you get my point. My point is like you can say it, but then you actually have to do the math on it. you got to look at who these programs are. There's only eight spots for the top two seeds. So are they going to really pass some of those schools to get into one of the top eight? Like that is a high bar. Can they get into the top 12 and be a three seed? Yeah. Yeah, you're right. I, I'm with you. They're, they came in 14th on the committee. The committee is saying, hey, go go do what we're asking you to do, and you'll be a three seed. I, I agree with everyone there. But being a two seed, ooh, I, don't, I just – I don't know. I don't know. I'd love to see it. I'd love to see it. Okay, let me see here. Yeah, like Kevin says, Ruben, I don't see us rising above four without a lot of help. I mean – Again, I could I could see a three by winning out. I don't see a three in any other scenario. Again, hope I'm wrong. I hope the committee proves me wrong and they give the Mountain West the credit it deserves and San Diego State the credit it deserves. But I've watched this process play out for so long as a fan of college basketball and then for so long covering San Diego State that I just don't have blind faith in it. Uh, thank you, Art. You know me. I love talking about this stuff. I love it. Yeah, Braden, I mean, I kind of agree with you. I, I don't know how many. I think it's a simple majority on conference scheduling. Although, with that being said, it's been 18 for so long. I think if it's brought to, like, the league, they go to the 11 schools and say, hey, if we get a 6-5 vote, we'll, is 6-5 wanted at 18? We'll keep it at 18. 6-5 wanted at 20? We'll go to 20. I mean, look no further than the WCC to see why unbalanced scheduling works. I mean, you tell me if unbalanced scheduling has worked for the WCC. Gonzaga's made nine consecutive Sweet 16s or whatever it is, eight or nine. And it's, So you tell me if it works. It works. It gets your best teams the best advantage to get into the NCAA tournament and be seeded properly. That's why teams do it. To Braden's point, I think you're right. I think programs in remote locations have other motivations than, than San Diego State's, and that, that's reasonable. But if you get five or six teams into the NCAA tournament and then make a scheduling change, you have to ask yourself, why on earth would you do that? You just got six teams or five teams into the NCAA tournament. It's not broken. Why are you fixing it? What's of more value, NCAA tournament shares or giving Wyoming an extra home game in the conference? Like that, Is that even a conversation? Let's see here. Jill, how are you? Thank you for stopping by. She says, felt like Heidi had a pretty flawless game Friday, so happy with his development. I am too. I think the coaching staff is. I think Miles should be thrilled with his development. I mean, you're playing behind Jaden Ledee. You're playing behind like a top two center in the country. And he is absolutely holding his own right now, and he's improving. And that's hard to do with, with freshman forwards and centers. And I 100% agree with you. Look at that. I didn't know BJ was here. What is going on? Okay, so let me catch up here. This is okay. This is about twenty minutes ago, BJ. So I apologize if you're no longer here. Um, okay. So BJ, thank you by the way, seriously, and you didn't need to do that um, because you didn't need to do that. But he says, "Sorry, Art and John, eighteen games makes no sense for the Mountain West Conference." We'll get it. I mean, you you heard my full diatribe, probably, BJ. But you, if you've rewound it or if you're still here. You probably heard my full diatribe. The one thing I would say in my conversation back and forth with BJ on this, and again, I said it on social media and I'll say it again now, I completely respect BJ's opinion on it. I just disagree with it. Just like 
I would assume BJ respects my opinion on it. He just disagrees with it. And this is not cut and dry. I'm not saying it is fully black and white. I'm saying from San Diego State's perspective and from the top of the league's perspective, I think it's more black and white than some people make it out to be. Um, And the reason I say that is, for me, the number one motivation for a league should be to get its teams into the NCAA tournament, not to make it fair and balanced to win a regular season title. Now, you can argue those merits. That's fine. I'm not saying regular season titles don't matter. They do. San Diego State has as many regular season banners and postseason banners in the Mountain West as anyone in the league. So they absolutely matter. They absolutely matter. But what I think matters even more is the NCAA tournament. And look at how Boise State has played the last couple of years. They're getting into the tournament um, as both a conference champion as and as an and at large. And they're in position to do that again in 2024. The, the one point I think I failed to convey on social media over the weekend was this idea that, well, hold on. If you're playing St. Catherine and Point Loma, why don't you just take away St. Catherine and Point Loma and play Air Force in Wyoming? In San Diego State's example, by the way. Um, this year because San Diego State's not playing Air Force at home. They're not playing Wyoming in Laramie. So why don't you just make that switch? It's not as simple as that. You'd be moving two home games for San Diego State to one home game, one road. I can't say no program in the country wants to do that, but a program with San Diego State season ticket base of 11,000 plus does not want to do that. So they're going to need to guarantee that second game that they just lost. How do you guarantee that game? The second, how do you guarantee that game by playing a literal guarantee? by paying Long Beach State, Cal State Fullerton, name the program, to come to VA House, and we see it routinely. So that's not an issue, playing the guarantee. The issue is by playing the guarantee, you're kicking out a home and home. And when you kick out a home and home, when you're trying to build a resume, you're doing damage to your non-conference strength of schedule, potentially. When you take out a BYU home and home, or you take out a Gonzaga home and home, or you take out even a Stanford home and home, I get it, Stanford's not BYU or Gonzaga, this year, but you're taking away opportunities in the non-conference and replacing them with lesser games, so to speak. So that's why I feel as if it's nuanced. That's why I feel as if I'm not saying automatically by playing 18 league games, as opposed to 20 league games, you've automatically have a better non-conference resume. You don't, you have to schedule appropriately. You need to win certain games. Um, And then the other point, BJ, I've, made and i don't know if i made it when we went back and forth on social media is that the risk reward of playing a true round robin to me for the top of the league is way too risky for the supposed reward the risk being isn't someone in the top three of in the league susceptible to losing to someone in eight nine ten eleven category in the league and if that happens you're knocking yourself potentially off the at-large um consideration and look no further than the San Diego State team that went 16 and two in the league. Was it in 2016 that didn't play as well in the non-conference, but went 16 and two in the league should not not be good enough. And then went to a Mount West Championship game and lost and didn't get in that large bid because they essentially lost, you know, um, to you know USD in a game outside of Petco that year, and that kept them out of the NCAA tournament, like. And they were near perfect in the league. Imagine if you slip up to a Wyoming and Laramie, which again, everyone knows is so easy to do, but metrically doesn't look good. Imagine if you lose at San Jose State, if you lose at Air Force. I just feel like you're asking for trouble by taking on additional conference games because this isn't the Big East. Even though it's having an amazing year, you don't have like a one through eight 
that are NCAA tournament caliber every single year. You might have a one through four. This year, maybe a one through six. You could even say, shoot, it's one through seven. Throw UNLV in there. It's one through seven. But that's not every single year. And I just think you're asking for trouble when you do it. Is it most fair? I'm 100% with you, BJ. It is most fair. I'm 1,000% with you. I think it's most fair. But I would also say this last point. Why isn't San Diego State complaining? Haven't they had it work against them more than any other team in the conference over the last decade we'd have to look at every single conference schedule over the last decade but tv makes these selections essentially and san diego state every year is missing teams that finish eighth ninth tenth or eleventh in the standings not not without exception yes i've heard you make the point they haven't played in laramie a good amount of times over the last decade but wyoming hasn't always been at the top of the league over the last decade either San Diego State, without exception, is missing Air Force and or San Jose State every single year. Doesn't that work against their quest to win a regular season title? So wouldn't they be raising their hands the most? But they're not because they understand that, well, yes, they want to win regular season titles and they can do it even with a more challenging schedule maybe than other teams like Utah State this year. They recognize that the most important factor is metrics to build an at-large resume to get to the NCAA tournament. That's long-winded, but that's my two cents. And BJ, I want to hear your two cents, so I'll tune into your channel to get your two cents whenever ever. Send me a link when you do it, because I want to hear your two cents. I want to hear the rebuttal. I don't know if you're here right now live or not. I apologize for getting you about 20 minutes late. That's my apologies. Um, Sarah, thank you for your membership, and thank you for the super. Uh, she says, anyone not at the Mesa Foundation members only practice today. You missed a great event. Serious practice, not for show. Uh, you can become a member for as low as $20 a month. A lot of 20s adds up. 100%. Get to MesaFoundationSD.org. Absolutely should support this collective. Aztec link as well for San Diego State student-athletes. 100%, Sarah. Thank you for your super chat. Um, appreciate your support of the channel. I completely, completely agree with you. J.D. Gatcha says 20 league games would likely mean San Diego State chops off a couple of their Big West bye games. They had three this year. That can only be a good thing. They have to have bye games. North Carolina has bye games. Kansas has bye games. Every legitimate program in the country that's top 20 caliber, top 25 caliber, has bye games. The point isn't the bye games. That, that's not the point. The point is you don't want to take on an additional buy game at the cost of a home and home. You can't only play home and homes. You don't have enough home games. You can't only play guarantees. You don't have enough strength to schedule. That's why I say it's an art and it's nuanced, if that makes sense. The Big West opponents have, have not weighed San Diego State's metrics down, right? This is still a top 10 non-conference strength of schedule. The Big West routinely has top 100 caliber programs. In metrics like UCSB, like UC Irvine, like this year, UCSD with good metrics, mm -hmm. right? And also, I think San Diego State should get credit for um, living up to contracts that were signed like four or five years ago and playing at UCSD off a national championship game. How many programs do you think Kansas is playing across the street at UM? I, I don't know if this is across the street. I'm making it. You think they're playing at UMKC? Um, is Kansas or Kentucky playing at Grand Canyon? But no, San Diego State signed these contracts. Could they have gotten out of them? Could they have bought their way out of them? Yeah, but they honored them. And I think they should get credit for honoring those. I think most programs coming off a national championship game are playing at UCSD and Grand Canyon and Gonzaga and BYU all in the same year. Like that's extremely atypical. And I think it's a credit to what the coaching staff does. You know, they're, they're not going to buy their way out of it. They're going to play it because they signed the deal. So they're going to play it. Um, 
man, I wish I would have gotten to BJ earlier because I'm not sure if he was still here 20 minutes later and I would have liked to heard his shoot. I mean, I, I'll have him on if he, if he's still here, BJ, I can have you hop on the screen. If you want to, if you're here, I'd love to have you hop on for a minute if you're still here, but I don't think he is. So that's my bad. I missed it as I was getting carried away in the chat. Um, all right, guys, I think that's going to do it for tonight. It's been a kind of a long show, but um, appreciate everyone hanging out. Again, if you are here live or on replay, please subscribe. You're on content for Aztec fans, for Mountain West basketball fans. We cover football, of course, as well. Anything going on in the Mountain West, San Diego State, we are here for you. So please subscribe. If you are here live or on replay, please smash the like button for me. If you wouldn't mind, you can follow me on social media at John Schaefer, J-O-N-S-C-H-A-E-F-F-E-R. Um, again, appreciate the super chats, appreciate the super thanks if you're here on replay as well. And thank you for your memberships as well. You can click the join button down below. Big one Tuesday, please join us on San Diego Sports 760 off tomorrow for President's Day, but then back Tuesday at 3 p.m. Our pregame coverage will begin essentially at 3 p.m. with John and Jim on San Diego Sports 760. So find us on the radio on the free iHeartRadio app or search for John and Jim 760 on YouTube to so broadcast our show there as well. And then much more for you, of course, here on the wrap-up show wrap-up show throughout the course of the week as well so again my name is john schaefer do you want to thank my uh partner here on the wrap-up show eric lanier at higher impact financial if you have any financial planning needs click the link in the description down below eric is there for you click that link in the description down below eric lanier will hook you up with a free 15-minute consultation to take care of whatever your financial needs are moving forward um, if you want the audio-only edition of the show, click the link in the description down below. We have the audio-only podcast edition. Maybe you're in your car, out for a run. You don't want the video. You just want the audio. You can do that by clicking the link in the description down below as well. All right. Until later in the week, until Tuesday for San Diego State, Utah State, that showdown. My name is John Schaefer. You've been watching the wrap-up show presented by Higher Impact Financial. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. I'm still here. <laughs> you do it. Thanks, Tom. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile 
and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.